It is the weekly Locked On Big 12 roundtable. I am Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12. Joining me tonight, it is Stephen Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs and also Jake Hatch of Locked On Cougars covering all things BYU. So guys, I had a little tangent last week. And first of all, I'll let everybody know what we're talking about. We're going to talk about George Klyavkov's comments. I gave my thoughts on them. He made some comments in the Big 12. We'll see what these guys think. We'll talk about any actual potential a potential threat that could be from the Pac-12 if there is one. We'll, we'll talk about it. And then should the Big 12 explore putting sponsors on the jerseys as a way to make more money? That's an idea we'll talk about in a little bit. But, uh, guys, on Friday, it was interesting because the Pac-12 media days were on Friday. And, Jake, I'm sure you were tuned into this, obviously, being in Utah and, and covering that market and, and understanding that. George Klyavkov, I think, knew that he had to come out swinging. Um, the problem was, I think he was swinging at maybe the wrong people as part of it. A lot of ire directed towards the Big 12, dodging, you know, talking about grenades and all these things. After really, it was Kevin Warren, his friend and gentleman, uh, part of the gentleman's handshake and the alliance. We all know what a wonderful group that was that really landed the blows that have weakened the Jenga tower. That is the PAC 12. He was very upset and barely mentioned the big 10 and really just mentioned the big 12. What were your thoughts uh, initially when you heard and saw some of the stuff George Klyavkov was saying the PAC 12 commissioner on Friday? Uh, the biggest thing I took away is that you're right. He, he felt like he needed to come out swinging and uh, make it, make a statement for the PAC 12 as a conference. He's trying to hold this together as best he possibly can. Uh, he's a year into this job and suddenly he's just had the foundation of the conference just absolutely rocked and. I'm with you. Him going after the Big 12 versus the Big 10, and he did a, he did go after the Big 10 a little bit. A little bit. Little some bit. of the later comments, but he really, he was strong going after the Big 12, saying that we, well, we're not sure we're, we're shopping there yet with regards to the, the for open for business comment from Brett Yormark. Mm-hmm. That's, that was just, I felt like he was pretty feisty, all things considered, uh, coming out of Pac-12 Media Day. The funny thing about this is any of those schools obviously are going to put on a good face, but all of them are going to be evaluating their options. There's no way they couldn't be at this juncture. And and then Steven, your your initial thoughts when you heard what he said, and also some recent comments that he made, I believe to the Los Angeles times where he said, um, he (laughs) USC and UCLA are already regretting the decision they've made to go to the big 10. Your thoughts on that, Steven. Well, I mean, obviously there's some insecurity going on here. I, I think it's intriguing. Uh, you know, George, like I get it. As Jacob said, he's got to come out and, and have a strong United front, try to act like, hey, this ship is not sinking. We're fine. It, it sort of did remind me, though, of like, you know, Bob Bowlesby's never really been known as the most feisty guy in the world. But I do remember last summer when everything went down, he went on the attack a little bit. You know, he accused ESPN of basically tampering and trying to, um, end his league. He sort of took some indirect shots at Texas and OU and then the reasons as to why they were leaving. But like, this is just so silly to me. This is your own bad decisions have led to this to a certain extent. And so now you're going on the defensive and you're trying to put on a good face and put up a good front. But ultimately, like we know where you're at. Like you can, you can put up the big, you know, strong, we're still a, a united front all you want, but there's a big weakness here right now. 
Um, now, I do think, and we'll get into this later, I mean, I think there's some options here for the Pac-12, not really as far as expanding into the Big 12. I think there's a chance they could all stay together, but I don't really see why, you know, taking shots at the Big 12 is, is going to help that. They've made it clear that they don't really want the schools that were in the Big 12. They made that clear last year. Um, and, hey, that was their decision. It was also their decision to unite in this alliance with other conferences that have now turned the back on them. So, um I get why he's upset. I just, I echo what you guys have said. The ire is directed in the wrong place. And ultimately like the big 12, just doing the smart thing for them. Like they see, okay, out in the West coast, things aren't looking great. We're in a position of strength for the first time in a long time. Let's be aggressive. Let's see what happens. You know, it's not, it's not their fault that the big 10 went and raided two of their biggest brand names. They're just trying to capitalize on, on the bad fortune. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's the current state of affairs, right? Like that, that's that's just it's you know, apologies to Pac-12. I and mean, we just this bunch, like we don't enjoy talking about it like in this context, right? We'd rather be talking about Heisman odds and the fact that we're playing games this month and you know it's time for football season. But you know, we're a big this is a big 12 show, and BYU's coming in, TCU's a member, and you know, you have a conference commissioner really looking down at the conference, right? In a way that they have been for a while. And we've mentioned some of the political stuff on here, but but like I have to say, there has been a bit of an elitist attitude towards the Pac-12 or to, from the Big 12, from the Pac-12, excuse me, towards the Big 12. Think about Brett Yormark's comments. We're open for business. There was nothing specific that he mentioned about the Pac-12 at all then you have a commissioner like george kliavkov and i know he is in the more desperate position jake but he made that comment like you pointed out the we haven't decided if we're going shopping there yet like completely completely dismissive rude and you know uh let's be quite frank about it not really reflecting the reality which he's made a lot of comments like that like the comment about USC and UCLA regarding the decision. Also, also the the the, uh, the comments that he had made about closing the revenue gap. He said our next deal is going to close the revenue gap. Like, your brother, you 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 know your egos, you know you're writing checks your body can't cash is kind of is kind of where we're at with this one, Jake. Right? I mean, it, it is in a sense of elitism. It is some it is some grandstanding, and it's not going to be positive because they're not in the position of power. Well, and that that that's the thing right there. He's he's trying to come off and make himself and the conference look like they are in a position of power. Uh, they are expected. It's so we're recording this on August second. The end of their exclusive negotiating window with both Fox and ESPN is up on August fourth, yeah. according to reports. And at that point, I think we'll start to hear about okay, what kind of numbers can they draw? What what are the offers? And I'm expecting ESPN is really going to be the only one that's really going to have an offer on the table to them. Uh, so he's trying to posture and I, I, I understand why he's doing it, but to take the pot shots and have the feisty uh, swipes that he took at, at the big 12 by name, literally 
it, it was a bit of a surprise to me because relative, we're, we, we were on the same level. And okay, great. You can say that all you want. I just, I don't get uh, where he comes off trying to go after the Big 12 itself. I, you're right. He is in the more desperate position because should one, two schools leave, all of a sudden his conference, it's kaput. They're, it's dead and gone. And then everybody is just fleeing the ship and he no longer has a job. So I get that he's trying to posture and make sure that the, the Pac-12 is in looking like they're in the best light possible. But yeah, to make comments about them regretting their decision to leave already, that I, don't, I don't think they regret it one bit so yeah. far. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like, and I guess the one benefit he has is that we haven't seen the media, the official media sure, rights, yeah. yet, but it's it's coming. Yeah, and, and, and like, I mean, right. I, would revenue- lo- I would love to follow up with him on that one. Like, hey, sure. uh, George, it's $100, $100 million a year for USC and UCLA. Do you stand by your comment? I'm sure he'll say yes, and then he'll really get okay. counted for it. Let, let, let me let me say Go one ahead. thing. If they really want to close the revenue gap, they probably are signing up with Live Golf. That is where they can. <laughs> let, me, let me let me just let me say if they if they really truly think they're going to close that revenue gap, Live Golf, the Saudi PIF fund that's funding that new golf league, that's the that's going to be the real difference maker for them if they really want to close. I, it. I think so. I think Live Golf might actually pay the Pac-12 to put it on Pac-12 Network. Yeah, they, they probably, probably want to tell them deal. They probably want to tell them deal so desperately. Like, look, what about Pac-12 network? Look, we'll, we'll, give you, we do it. we'll give you another 50 million per school annually <laughs> if you put us on the Pac-12 network. We're all in. But I mean, I think you might be right because I'm not sure where else the money's gonna come from. Jeez. Um, Steven, do you think is there any advantage to mentioning the Big 12 by name in the way that he did, right? Like if you were to nebulously talk about the Big 12, you know, just generally speaking you'd be fine. You know, it's Hey, look, everybody knows there's stuff at the big 12, the Pac 12. We're pretty confident what we have. We're strong at it. to be like, we're lobbing grenades and none of our schools are joining the big 12 and we might go shopping there. Like, is there any benefit to mentioning the big 12 like that in your opinion? Cause I don't think there's a downside to mention them, but I think there is a downside to mentioning, or at least there's no gain for mentioning in the way that he did in my opinion. I'm just still laughing at confused live golf fans tuning in and seeing like Oregon State playing on the on the links on a on a Thursday afternoon. Um, no, I, I don't really think there's an advantage to doing like a WWE promo. I mean, I feel like what George is working with here is even though we think we know everything about this, there still is a very limited number of people who really know what's going on with these realignment negotiations. So he's essentially maybe just trying to buy himself some time, trying to buy the conference some time. Say, all right, hey, we're good. But directly taking shots of the Big 12, I don't understand what the end game is there. I mean, it, honestly, it just looks petty. Like maybe it fires up some fans on the West Coast who are like, yeah, we are a strong league. Like this is not, you know, our demise is, is greatly exaggerated. Um, and maybe it gets some, there's like, listen, there's some West coast writers who are very adamant that the PAC 12 is a, a much stronger. John Wilner. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hey, John Wilner and John Canzano, gentlemen. John Can- that's why they've now have a podcast together. Ew. I thought it was very fitting. I was like, well, at least, at least the cat's out of the bag. We're joining forces. Sorry to cut you off there, Stephen. No, that's fine. Come on the show. Stuart Mandel. We'll talk about yeah, Stuart Mandel. He is like, really, he is out there. I mean, He's carrying water. Like, I feel yes. like Stu's, Stu's with the athletic. He, like, we should be carrying water. Like, Stu should be above that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't think there's an advantage to directly taking shots of the Big 12. No. And I think the Big 12 
I mean, they're not going to, but just sort of quietly working behind the scenes and staying mum on this issue um, is a is a good response to the tactic that you know uh, Glykov is is trying to use right now through the media. So uh, let's get a quick word from our sponsors here, then we'll talk about the actual threat that the Pac-12 poses and so and some of the the finer points like Pac-12 After Dark, which I actually think is is an interesting thing we can touch on here. But um, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online and Bet Online. They should make odds whether or not the next school that moves on realignment. We'll talk to them, see if we can get those up there. Uh, they've got odds for who will win conferences, Heisman odds, game props. Uh, they've got stuff for, uh, they had, you know, next team that Juan Soto would land on, all kinds of stuff like that at BetOnline, BetOnline.net. They've got odds for NASCAR, F1, boxing, MMA, all that kind of stuff. You guys can find it. New sleek interface. It's free to sign up. Go to BetOnline and BetOnline.net today. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. All right, so Jake, the the one kind of point of contention here mm-hmm. uh, about you know we'll talk about threats that the Pac twelve the Pac twelve, but there is one advantage the Pac twelve does have. It is that late time slot, and I'm not sure if you all have been seeing this data that's been floating around. Like Washington State is more watched than Oklahoma State. Well, why is this? Because Washington State plays at times where. Fresno and Hawaii are the only other teams playing. And naturally, what happens? I mean, guys, we all went to college. You're on a couch. ESPN is on all day Saturday. You fall asleep. You know, maybe you were drinking on the couch. Maybe you ate too much, whatever it is. Combination of all of it throughout the day. What's still on the TV? All my, you know, I lived in a single suite when I fell asleep in college. What did I leave it on all night? Pack 12 after dark. Mm-hmm. Was I watching? Absolutely not. It just happened to be on from that day. And so I will say like that is a natural built-in advantage, but Jake, how much of an advantage is it? And is it one that would even make a bit, you know, a big 12 team want to go play in the pack 12 because they've got that window. And is it going to really matter a ton when it comes down to the money between the pack 12 and the big 12, you think? The biggest thing is ESPN needs to fill those broadcast windows. Right. They have these. They have a number of networks. They're trying to get programming for. So that is the advantage to having the Pac-12 being able to play that late night window. The one thing about the Big 12, let's acknowledge it straight up front. BYU, they're already preparing to be the late night window for the Big 12. That, that's just it's part of what BYU. I. I I would believe it's probably in their agreement that they are going to play the late night window just when they're at home. And that's not a bad thing. BYU fans are used to it. They did this the entire run. They were in independent when they had their exclusive rights deal with ESPN. So Cougar fans are going to be ready for it. But the, the biggest thing for the Pac-12 is they're going to have to push that. They're going to say, we are, we are the, we are that conference that plays late at night we're the ones that send you off to bed as you mentioned i'm a guy that i would fall asleep on the couch watching games and wake up and it's on some infomercial because it's 2 a.m but the games have finally ended but that's that's the thing about it is the allows espn to have that late night window to fill the programming on across their entire uh, spectrum of networks and even their streaming platform so that is the one advantage the pac-12 has in its back pocket the other thing about the the other thing i will acknowledge is it to their advantage speaking of the pac-12 is they outright own their network the pac-12 networks is is not owned by anybody else but the pac-12 so they can take that to market as well and say hey we're willing to let you buy in uh, an equity stake in these Pac-12 networks if you want to give us some extra money. That might be one other advantage they have 
in their back pocket, but who knows? It was, it was set up originally by Larry Scott to have that owned outright so they could control all the revenue out of it. It's been an abject failure by most accounts with regards to the distribution and all that. So there, yeah, the late night window and the wholly owned subsidiary, uh, speaking of the PAC 12 networks are probably their two chief uh, negotiating chips that they can throw at ESPN or one of these other broadcast entities and hopefully garner some money. But I, it just to me, it doesn't seem like enough. That's the, I guess that's the long and short of it, Stephen. You know, what and I kind of this kind of gets to something I wanted to talk about. Like, Big 12 after dark is something that I'm interested in. We're actually going to be, I think Jake made a great point. We're probably going to see a little bit of that with BYU. If you add an Arizona or an Arizona State, well, if if you're going to have a conference game in the month of September, which does happen, you ain't playing that game at 12. You ain't playing that game at three. You probably even ain't playing that game at six central time, right? You're playing that late because we're out there in Arizona and it gets hot. And so mm-hmm. a lot of their a lot of their games, uh, I believe Oklahoma State, uh, that one might be at home this year, but like they play those games normally pretty late, right? I remember Wisconsin played Brock Osweiler's uh, Arizona State team one time. It was like ten o'clock at night on a Friday, whatever it is. And so like I'm actually fine with that if that's a window that they value. Uh, I'm fine with kind of giving that inventory away to ESPN, to Fox or whatever, but I don't think it's enough to lure a big 12 team to go the opposite direction and switch. And be like, All right. Well, they have, like you mentioned, Jake, the Pac-12 network, like mm-hmm. you mentioned the late night windows, but I don't think it's enough to lure them over. Like you said, Steven, what do you think about big 12 after dark and Pac-12 after dark being a selling point for them? Well, I mean, I would love the Big 12 game that window. And as you guys have sort of laid out here, it's not it's not the brand itself with the Pac-12. It's just that it's that time slot. It's right. the end of the night. I mean, like, all due respect to Hawaii football. I think, you know, the Rainbow Warriors, fun team. But I feel like people aren't tuning in at midnight because they just want to watch Hawaii. It's like, oh, man, I'm still awake. All right, let me flip on Hawaii. Let me see. Shout what out CBS that's Sports on. Network. That's what yes, they always yes. have it on, right? <laughs> Shout out to CBS Sports I'll, Network. I'll admit, I'm a nerd that loves to watch those late nights. I, I, <laughs> I just can't. Football, it is great. It is I, great. I'm, I'm different than the, the average fan. Right. I freely acknowledge that. Here's, here's my media pitch. Okay, so Big 12, I think, Josh, you're right. You need If you're going to do this, you need to add some schools. The four-corner schools would make the most sense. If you could add an Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, along with BYU, then you have a lot of different options to take over that 930 window. After you do that, as part of the Big 12 media package, bring back college football final or whatever that weird show was called. Oh. Get, get Mark May. I don't know what the Republicans are paying Lou Holtz to do speeches, but see if, see if he wants to take a break from writing political speeches to come over. It was just, it was wheels off. Like they would restate. That show was there. fantastic. It was, they would wear like judges robes. It was uh, like two in the was, morning. Yeah, they'd have the, they'd have the, they would spin the ACC wheel of destiny, right? Yes, the AC, exactly. It's like, all right, we're watching Maryland wake highlights. Like, I guess we're doing it. It's, it's 1230. <laughs> they'd give out helmet stickers. Right. Like, I love this. This right. is perfect. It's perfect for if maybe you had, a, a, you know, maybe too many drinks or maybe too many wings during the day, you settle in, you watch Texas Tech, Arizona, they score a combined 120 points, and then a nice cool down is just watching Lou and Mark bring you the day's news <laughs> on college ball final. 
You go to sleep. Get it done. Get it yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, they could not pay Reese Davis enough money to come back and do that <laughs> show again. There is no way Reese Davis would come back. Come and on, say, we've got to have final verdict back. I, dude, I loved having final verdict, and he would like majority of the time he would sign with sign with Mark May, yeah. and Lou Holtz would just be in, a, incredulous about. <laughs> I mean, he's he would. Th- I remember the one where he threw down the. He went through down the podium and he's like, I'm serious. He's like, I'm done doing this segment. And you're like, what the is going on? Oh, I miss it, man. I, I it, like, actually, Steve, you mentioned this and it's been circulating around Twitter recently too. If you haven't watched it, go and look. There's like a college football final compilation on YouTube. It is fantastic. You guys can go back and watch that and, and check that out. So I, I highly encourage you all to do it. I think my one kind of actually like serious question is like, okay, to, to the to the it, you know we'll go shopping we might go shopping there comment what is the pitch to a big 12 school to go to the pac 12 in all seriousness because it, it you know the big 12 was going to be the big 12 before this move right and mm-hmm. i think the big 12 is still gonna be the big 12 after this move maybe it's more teams whatever but like they're kind of just there doing their own doing their own thing for all intents and purposes intents and purposes but Oregon and Washington as your two tentpole brands are, are not in it for the long haul necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. And if they're shaky, do you want to be left out in the cold of those two left and you're a part of a league where if you're Oklahoma State, you might be the strongest brand you know, alongside of Utah. You know, you want to be there with Washington State and Oregon State and you know, Stanford and Cal are in a good market. And I talk about adding them, but like they don't stand on their own as really good athletic institutions, they need help because they don't always prioritize the athletics in the way other schools do. We, we've seen this over the, over the years, especially recently, they don't always prioritize it the way that other schools do. So I'm asking you, Jake and Steven to think, like, is there a pitch to a big 12 school that makes sense? BYU makes sense, but they're excited to join the big 12. It feels like they don't want to, they're like, we're good. We're all in on the big 12. Who else would want to join the league, do you think, Jake? Uh, well, okay, I can tell you this much, just knowing what I know of BYU's history. There were the, decades. There were decades and decades that BYU just yearned to be in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 shunned them on multiple fronts. Uh, the, the religious front, the uh, the academic side of things. BYU's not an AAU school, and mm-hmm. Pac-12 fans love to shove their face in that over the years. So, yeah, I think BYU, yeah, naturally you would think, okay, the Cougars might be interested in, in joining Utah in the Pac-12, but after being spurned and scorned and all that stuff, I think BYU's like, you know what? Forget you guys. We're moving forward over here. The the only school that I can think of, and this is just me uh, trying to think about the Pac-12, trying to maybe uh, stick it to the to the Big 12 and also open themselves up, is if they were to convince Houston to flip allegiances mm. all at the same time getting SMU to, to join the Pac-12 that opens up the Texas market to the Pac-12. That's really the only one that seems like any feasible option to me. Yeah, and it's interesting, Steve. You think about the the Fertitas, the power brokers there at, at, at Houston, and then also think about the folks at SMU. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess I don't know. Like, is is SMU is that more of a conservative or or, or liberal money type deal? March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I mean, as I would say they're politically more conservative. You know, right. they're associated with the Methodist Church. I honestly, yeah, don't right. know enough yeah, yeah, about that. You know, that part of it to, to speak to the theology. But um, SMU would jump at that, and it would make sense for them. Like it puts them in the Power Five potentially. I don't really think it moves the needle. Sorry, SMU fans. I know it's a TCU person speaking, but I don't think it really moves the needle from a, a brand perspective. But no, I, this doesn't make sense. Like, okay, these schools that are headed to the Big Ten and the SEC. Mm-hmm. it's logistically it's going to be tough. It takes away some regional rivalries. It doesn't make a lot of sense. The reason they're doing it is because of the money. They're doing it because of the money, and they're doing it because these are the two conferences that are guaranteed to have a seat at the table when we talk about college football playoff, you know, national power. Um, where is the sport going in the next 10 years? The Pac-12 doesn't have any of that. Like, what is the incentive for Oklahoma State or Baylor or TCU or Tech to – travel to the West coast all the time and, you know, change up uh, some regional aspects of what they're doing, jump to another conference, unless there's a payoff that makes, uh, makes up for that. And as far as we know, the PAC 12 doesn't have that unless they come out and say, Hey, we've landed this huge deal with Amazon prime video. They want PAC 12 football and we're ready to give it to them. Um, There's just nothing that I see that really makes it, worth a, a big 12 school jumping I, I have no idea what they're talking about when they say shopping like that that should yeah. be still if you want to do that you should have done it last summer Steven, right. the, 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 the tens of pony fans out there in highland park are angry <laughs> <laughs> I, jake I, said it, it not me well that's right thing, but he said it not well me. here's the thing is like think about it too it's it's like you know i get it's in dallas but yeah. it's not a big enough footprint to make a difference also i don't think it's a big enough footprint to overcome the fact that once again it is a religious institution and and you were right, Jake. That was a that is a huge sticking point. Now, some of these schools might come to the Big Twelve and suck it up because guess what? It's either remain in the Pac twelve and and suffer the consequences, and the Big Twelve will be suffering some too, or join the Big Twelve, prosper a bit more than you would, and still maybe get a shot at playing with the big boys. That's kind of you know there there is a I mean, you know there is a there they're kind of forking the road here for a lot of these schools, right? They were able to they, they, they were able to sit in their bubble on the West Coast and yep. take their take the major conference paycheck and you know ride off the coattails of a big Los Angeles market and Seattle and Bay Area and all of those things and still be fine. And I mean, guys, when was the last time we we're talking about a really relevant Pac-12 football team? We haven't. We haven't. When was the last? Who was the last team to make? Uh, was was Oregon in the? It was Oregon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was Washington, Washington made it. Washington made it. And Oregon made it. You know, obviously they yeah. made it. But like it's it's been a minute. I mean, they weren't you know they weren't close this year. And I you know the, the Pac-12 championship game a couple of years ago. I know had some implications, but uh, I think Oregon came up short in that one too. And so you know like they they haven't been necessarily knocking on the door of this. And also they shot down playoff expansion last year. They didn't have any Big 12 teams. They shot down playoff expansion and they made, and part of that was part of the alliance. So it kind of brings us full circle. Like why would any Big 12 team or any Big 12 decision maker 
want to link up with a conference that has been kind of pushing all the wrong buttons, not saying the big 12 has been right the entire time, but you know, I kind of like the the attitude of the big 12 a bit more than I like the way things have been training for the pac 12 uh, at least as of recently. And look, the the big 12 is able to take some big pieces off the board. I mean, you mentioned Houston, like, we're going to get this next year, guys. Houston's a sleeping giant in this conference. And as a media market, my God, it is the fourth largest media market, I believe, in, in the country. Fourth largest city, I think, in the country. But it's, you know, it's a gigantic media market. Like, I would, I, I know that the, the Pac-12 has the, the coast, you know, up and down, whatever. But, like, in terms of people who watch football, love football, Big 12 is right where you want to be, man. You know, you, you're, right in, you're right in the heart of Texas. And, and that's going to be the anchor of this league. So, I, I think it's much more likely that things go towards the big 12. If things flow that direction, as opposed to the other way around. And um, we'll touch, we'll save the Jersey stuff for another week. We'll, we'll just stick to the, the, the realignment stuff this week, but um, you know, are you guys in the same, I know we're all big 12 people, but like looking at the facts, the facts don't really lean towards teams leaving the big 12 for the pack 12. They just don't the way they've well, been talked about the way things going. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, let me add one thing here. I, I work in a Pac-12 market. I work in Salt Lake City, where the University of Utah is located. And Utah is looking to repeat as Pac-12 champions. They made mm-hmm. the Rose Bowl for the first time a year ago. Yes. They're riding high right now, speaking of the Utes. And the biggest thing with the Pac-12 right now is you're right, Josh, is there's just there's no real natural targets outside of one school, and it's San Diego State. Because San Diego brings in 1.1 million households that have television sets. That That mm-hmm. is the only real school that screams, okay, that is a natural target the funny thing about this is though the uc system berkeley and ucla they there is a long tension between the uc schools the university of california system and this cal state system which san diego state is a part of fresno state's also part of that cal state system it it feels like the yeah san diego state is a a pretty much if you're going to expand if you're the pac-12 trying to add something san diego state is a natural addition the situation i see is some parallels to the big 12 just back in 2016 i was told by multiple people that byu was team 11 if the if the big 12 were going to expand during that era they did not have a team 12 that was a natural addition that was going to get the votes to move over that's what i feel like the pac-12 is looking at right now they got team 11 with san diego state who's team 12 there's no natural team so that's the issue that the pac-12 is staring in the face right now is do we expand trying to to establish our reestablish ourselves or are these schools are they all as every man for themselves as soon as a better offer comes along whether it's the big 10 the big 12 suddenly picks off one or two schools then it's just it's, it's an absolute crater at that point and you have to really flee the ship and find something find a landing spot for yourself it, it it's not a fun spot to be in if you're the pac 12 right now yeah steven your thoughts on you know on the potential for them to expand. I mean, Boise maybe is team 12, but they don't have that academic standing that, that you know, you might, I'm not sure San Diego State, I don't think San Diego State, San Diego State doesn't have it. I can tell yeah, you that. No, no, no yeah, they don't. don't have that either. So, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I think Boise makes a lot of sense, but you also just have the issue of Idaho is not the most populous place in the world. And I think that Boise State brand is still really good, but not what it was five not years Chris ago, Peterson, five, no, 10 no. years ago, for sure. Um, I don't think the Pac-12, like, you know, I, I feel like the Big 12 should not be threatened by the Pac-12. I do believe the longer this kind of drags on, there's a possibility that the Pac-12 sort of stabilizes and maybe sticks together. 
But I ultimately don't really think even if that happens, it hurts the Big 12. I, I feel like it'd be disappointing for the Big 12 because there's an opportunity to maybe go poach some schools and um, assert their power a little bit. But I don't see the Pac-12 adding, you know, a ton of schools. It's really going to make a huge difference here. So I think expansion is is off the table in, in a lot of ways. Sorry, I was laughing. I just saw a really awful Twitter video. Uh <laughs> The, the UFC broadcast just showed the family of somebody got knocked out. How awful is that? I mean, why would you that? That's a really horrible thing to do. I, I was listening to you, though. I do agree with everything you say. I, I believe that the Big 12 is. Now, I don't necessarily know if I agree with the idea that the longer this goes on, once again, because we are in that exclusive rights window, right? Yeah. So we are in that filling out period right now. But, I mean, I think we have some answers on that. The big question is, like Jake mentioned, does – you know, I think a lot of these conferences will be split up amongst rights. Definitely, the Big Twelve will definitely be split up. I think. I think I'm, I'm like, I'm like ninety percent sure the Big Twelve is going to be split amongst different places for rights. I think it's just how you're going to maximize the money. Um, does that come along for the Pac-12? But once again, if you're a TV entity, I mean, the only reason you'd be going to the Pac-12 is you just want to get in on the game now, right? You, that's, that's all the only reason why you do it. So. It's pretty interesting. All right, fellas, I've kept you all too long. I'm exhausted because Juan Soto got traded today. So let's wrap it up. Let's get some plugs in. Uh, Steven, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? I'm at Simcox Steven. Uh, Locks on Horn Frogs is the show. It's wherever you get your podcast. Also on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, fall camp started on Tuesday. So we got real deal practice going on, quarterback battle happening. All that can is be Max going to get it? Uh, but it, I still think it's Chandler Morris, but Max took first team reps on the first practice of fall camp and Sonny Dykes, like Sonny's been saying for the whole off season, I want to make a decision a couple weeks before the season. All of a sudden the first day of camp, he's like, well, it's actually like not even a two man race. It could be a four man race. And you know, we, we might not know until day one. I'm like, geez, like what the heck? We're not buying. The, you can't put up a smoke screen now. Like you've been saying this is. You know, this is going to happen. Anyway, we'll, we'll cover all that on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Sonny Dykes, year one off to a hot start. Jake, where can people find you and all of your work in its variety? Go fighting Sonny Dykes. That's all yes. I can say. No, that, so uh, we're covered all things BYU. Just search out Locked On Cougars. Uh, we are wherever you get your podcast, also on YouTube. Really easy to find. Also on social media, Locked On Cougars, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want all of my thoughts on all things sports, you can find me. Jacob C. Hatch is the handle. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LO Big 12. You guys can find it wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. All right, guys, next week we will touch on the jersey idea. I think I like that as a, as a topic, and we'll see anything changes. And also, we'll start looking forward to some games. Talk to you guys next week.